Welcome to St. Martin the Fields and welcome to great sacred music and a special welcome to those joining us online. Rafe von Williams would have been 150 years old yesterday and there's something about his career and about his music that seems to have been around forever. He, he had an extraordinarily long career uh, which only concluded in the 1950s, even though he was born in 1872. Uh, a number of key moments, if we were to choose maybe just three. His mission to collect folk songs round about the year 1900. Uh, his participation as a soldier in World War I, even though he was already in his 40s. And then his late life love affair in the 1930s with Ursula who became his second wife in the 1950s. But there are so many things you could say about Rafe Vaughan Williams. Uh, but of course, we're going to concentrate on his sacred music today. And as far as his uh, sacred music is concerned, uh, it, it really revolves around a paradox, which is even though he was uh, in the early 1900s an atheist and became uh, an agnostic uh, in the later part of his life, he was one of the most influential people on English church music throughout the 20th century and even today. Percy Diemer, the vicar of St. Mary's Primrose Hill, just up the road from here, decided in his wisdom that the 1904 edition of Hymns Ancient and Modern, after many revisions, was completely useless and so decided that St. Mary's Primrose Hill needed a better hymn book than that and set about making one and that process after a conversation with Vaughan Williams uh, became the English hymnal in 1906 possibly the single most influential hymn book in English certainly of the 20th century possibly ever and uh, it was at the time incredibly controversial because don't tell anybody, but it included a, a lot of hymns to Mary and, and a number of other scurrilous things of that kind, so much so that it was actually censured by the Archbishop of Canterbury at the time when the Archbishop of Canterbury really spoke out about the big issues back in the day. Uh, and they produced an, ab an abridged version in 1907, the following year, with all the naughty bits taken out, as it were. But that didn't catch on and... Uh, the English hymnal did catch on, and in 1933 it was revised, and that's the edition that's been well known for many decades until the new English hymnal was created 20-odd years ago. Where did it come from? Uh, really from the former poet laureate, laureate uh, Robert Bridges, who produced the Yattenden hymnal about 10 years earlier, and also from... Vaughan Williams' own integration of folk songs into the mainstream of classical music in this country. Also, his, even he was about 32 at the time, his incredibly wide range of musical connections, so he could just uh, write to Gustav Holst and say, we'll have a couple of new hymn tunes, please. And then he'd have them a couple of months later. So, uh, it's our tradition at Great Sacred Music to begin by singing a hymn together. And we're going to sing a, uh, a typical 
one of these remarkable English hymnal compositions. Typical because it feels like it's been around forever and you think, oh, that hymn was written surely hundreds of years ago. Well, the hymn, Come Down, O Love Divine, which you can find on the inside of your sheets, uh, was written hundreds of years ago. It was written in the 14th century, in fact, in Italy. Uh, but it wasn't translated into English until 1861. And then Vaughan Williams composed the tune uh, for the English hymnal, 1906, and he named the tune after the village of his birth in Gloucestershire. And this hymn, rather poignantly, was sung at Vaughan Williams's funeral in Westminster Abbey in 1958, just as his ashes were being interred in Musicians' Corner. We remain seated, the voices stand and lead us as we sing together, Come Down, O Love Divine. poet, uh, 17th century poet George Herbert famously gave up a political career to go and be a priest uh, in Salisbury or in Wiltshire near Salisbury. Um, more, most importantly before he embarked on that political career he used to live round the corner from here 
and attend St. Martin the Fields Church. But if you do the math and work out the dates, you'll realize that the St. Martin's Church that George Herbert attended was not this building. It was the previous St. Martin's built on this site because this church was only consecrated in 1726 and George Herbert was hanging around a good hundred years before that. Uh, anyhow, when Vaughan Williams had finished his project of the English hymnal and looking around for something else to do, he landed on writing the five mystical songs. Uh, the five mystical songs were written between 1906 and 1911. The work sets four poems uh, because one of the poems, Easter, was divided into two parts. Um, and all of the poems come from... Uh, come from Herbert's 1633 collection, The Temple. Uh, what's most significant, of course, about this uh, collection is, uh, or sorry, this setting, is that it was arranged by none other than the great uh, BBC producer and musical imp impresario, our very own conductor today, Andrew Iris. Then uh, we're also going to have uh, a second piece, this one from Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. Uh, this is a section in which Mr. Valiant for Truth meditates on the subject of his own approaching death. If you listen closely to uh, the singing that we're about to hear, we'll hear a reflection on him passing into heaven and the voices will emulate the trumpets sounding for him on the other side. So two sacred pieces, one, uh, both in different ways from the 17th century, uh, both reflecting on the life.
Well, we're going to have, uh, hear a couple of pieces now that engage with Vaughan Williams' uh, immersement in the folk song uh, tradition. The first you may recognize from Twelfth Night, Shakespeare, uh, the song Come Away Death, sung by Feste the Fool. And then the second, uh, a Norfolk folk song originally, just as the tide was flowing. There were a number of versions of this song, some where the sailor goes off with the maiden's gold, some where they end up married. This one, they just sit down beneath a tree together, though there are versions where what they did under the tree is gone into in more detail, but we won't be singing that version today. <laughs>
Well, it's time for us all to sing again now, and we're going to sing another classic from uh, the English hymnal of 1906. This uh, has been written as a processional hymn in 1864. Uh, it obviously belonged in the new hymnal, but as we're in many cases, Vaughan Williams decided that the perfectly acceptable tune was not perfectly acceptable and decided to write a new one himself. And we're very glad he did because this has become, uh, in many people's estimation, one of the great hymn tunes of the 20th century. It was called Sine Nomine. Uh, that's a, a rather fanciful term. It, obviously in Latin, it means without, without a name. Uh, it's, it's, it's a stylish way to, uh, to, to distance oneself uh, from claiming a tune, but uh, I think it's particularly appropriate in the case of a tune for all saints because the whole idea of all saints is that they are without name or number. So in a sense, Sine Nomine is a particularly appropriate hymn tune name for a hymn for all saints. We'll remain seated. You'll find it on page three of the leaflets. The voices will stand and lead us as we sing for all the saints. towards the end of Great Sacred Music for this week. If you've enjoyed yourself, there's a number of things that you can do. Uh, you can make a donation 
in the retiring collection as you leave, and there is no excuse because we don't just take cash, we take texts, we take visits to the website, we take a swipe of a card, there is no escape whatsoever. But if you are able to make a contribution, it'll enable us to keep this great tradition, now nine years old, going, uh, hopefully, indefinitely into the future. Thank you in advance. There's other things you can do. You can come back next week for a child's prayer, this time at one o'clock, same time on Thursday, Taverner's composition. Uh, quite solemn, but nonetheless to be enjoyed. Uh, you can come on Sunday afternoon to our sister event, Choral Classics. Uh, Deep River is the theme this Sunday afternoon at 3.15. Or you can come this very evening at 7 o'clock to a celebration of Vaughan Williams's music sung by these very same voices. So if you come to the end of great sacred music and say, I cannot get through the day without hearing more of Vaughan Williams or more of these voices. You do not need to get through the day. You just need to go down to the box office, secure yourself a seat, and you enjoy yourself tonight. We're going to finish with a classic Vaughan Williams composition. This was written in 1920, as he was still recovering from the trauma of the First World War. It's a setting of Psalm 47, uh, very much associated with the Ascension. We often, often sing this piece around Ascension time, O clap ye hands, all ye people. And what you can find here, why do I say it's a classic Vaughan Williams? Because he was so much admired for weaving together contemporary and ancient themes and styles, which is why, just as the first piece, O taste and see, uh, that we heard at the beginning, just so in this piece, you feel like this piece of music has been around forever, and yet it still feels as fresh as the first time it was composed. Thanks for joining us.